I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for a big Monday. The Chiefs have the ball last with 13 seconds. They win and they cover in overtime and go into the championship game in which they will be favored. We'll have all the lines of next week's games. Rams hold off a furious Tom Brady rally. They tied up, but there was a little too much time left. Rams win second conference championship game for... And the 49ers upset top-seeded Green Bay Packers. And the questions begin about Aaron Rodgers. What I can promise you is we won't talk about that hardly at all. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a big, big Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Oh, we got a lot of action, a lot to talk about. We're going to be taking a different angle on the big stories than most, and that's what we typically do, the Vegas angle, but I think even more than that, a Vegas angle with a little dose of Texas Common sense, maybe, AJ? Speaking of the opposite of that, McKenzie so, came in. I don't want to say he was intoxicated, but let's just say he wasn't that far from it. <laughs> if he wasn't, he was 10 minutes before that. Was he celebrating Cousin Kyle? <laughs> yeah, but, but what I find even more interesting is last time, remember, he spent like, you know, he does a draft on the headlines. He had a big metaphor on it. It was like Ollie Frazier when the 49ers beat the Cowboys. Here we have, you know, read three headlines, right? Number four on his list was a real understated. The San Francisco 49ers upset the top-seeded Green Bay Packers, raising questions about the legacy and the future of Aaron Rodgers. That sounds like the least biased, least kind of San Francisco. I mean, how inside of my his head am I that, that he's thinking, I, I, I'm excited, but I don't want to be too excited? Or maybe he was hungover and just didn't care. That was just the best we could get. Who knows? Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man, AJ Hoffman. Thank you, RJ. As we come off one of the most exciting weekends in NFL playoff history, we get to question the future of both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And I have a headline here. Tom Brady, he's almost a billionaire, and he's married to a supermodel. He'll be okay. His future's good. My third headline is about a college basketball team becoming number one, so let's forget that. Let's just get into the football. Well, you said you wanted to leave with the lady from Kansas State that had 63. I didn't know that that happened. Uh, That (laughs) actually is, I think, the most points ever scored. But again, I take women's sports seriously, but we will start. I do not. (laughs) There you go. We will. I mean, what am I going to lie? We had to search the whole country to find someone that would make me look like really woke. (laughs) But but we did. We did. (laughs) We had to go to the the bowels of Texas, but it happened. We're going to start, though. Let's be specific. What is the meaning 
of the last couple minutes of the game in between Kansas City and Buffalo, because I think it means a lot about the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs, as two-point favorites, get the win and the cover 42-36 in overtime against the Buffalo Bills. Okay, now we're going to start at the third level here. The first level is, wow, what a game! Oh, it was so exciting! That was me, by the way. Is that one, I like the humanity of that, but you got to do that quick. So let's start there. And Great game. All, all joking, no, all joking aside, we want to show our humanity. I mean, you watch a lot of crappy sports, eh? I do. I mean, like, you watch Baylor in college basketball. I mean, you're a college basketball. Not ba- crappy, by the way, yeah, Baylor. You're a, well, I'm saying it's crappy <laughs> games, not crappy okay. performances. And by the way, Baylor's crappy because if they went to the NBA, they'd be the worst. You're team. wearing a Baylor shirt today, well, I see. No, it's just green. <laughs> But 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 here's the thing, is when it happens and it all comes together, it's better than than the best movie. If you really think about it, the best sports movies are usually about something that actually happened and the like miracle or whatever. And the depiction of it is not as good as the when it was actually happening. That happens occasionally. I think it did this weekend. How did it make you feel at a personal level? It was one of the most exciting games to watch, just the the ebbs and flows of it. I was watching actually the last couple minutes with both my sons. They were jumping up and down. I mean, it was... Is this a commercial? I felt like it. It was like two kids who rarely get into sports on television. They were both very, very enthralled. So That's interesting. Your kid is 14, your older one, Mm -hmm. and he plays like... He's like an advanced baseball player, right? But... but he doesn't watch a lot of sports. Watches the NBA only. Wow. Yeah. That does, that's not good for Major League Baseball, is it? No, he'll watch playoff baseball, but I mean, nothing regular season. But think about that. How He spends, like, what, 200 days a year playing baseball, yeah. right? But he won't watch Doesn't it. care for it. Wow. I'm sorry, Commissioner, but that, that is what it is. <laughs> okay. So, and they, not being, like, hardcore NFL people, it was, like, to them, it was super exciting. Yeah. They were who thr- were they rooting for? They were rooting for the Bills. Why? I, I don't know. Probably because uh, of their dad and because their dad's oh, investment. Oh, they, they know it. about your big emotional commitment be, to the yes. Bills? Yeah. Now, let's transfer to your, I guess we'll say, emotional well-being. How you feeling? Should the Bills have won? Because let's be candid. You, you made your mark this year when after the Steelers beat them in the opening game, <laughs> when you said Bill should have won that game. I mean, at that point, it was like you weren't going to really be. And you actually lost a bet with me, unfortunately. There. I did. And, cause, but you did take a long shot on the Bills, and, they, and then they made it to the division round. So, you know, three more wins. But <laughs> you would have won. But what was your feelings about it? Not, not saying how upset were you, but did you think the Bills should have won? Did you think what? I think it was a coin flip game. I, I, I think those teams are about as evenly matched as they could be, and I think that... Why does the one team seem to win all the evenly matched games? That, that matter. I mean, well, they, I mean, it, I, I, that's a good question, and they've had home field advantage for those games. I'm sure that plays a part of it. Uh, and in this case, I think I honestly believe whoever won the coin toss was winning the football game. And we won't get into the uh, too much into the overtime stuff. Uh, you know, I will say just quickly, and we will maybe tomorrow, but. Uh, to me, I was listening to Colin here on FSR, and again, I, I love Colin's radio show, and he's done a lot for me personally. I don't always agree with him. And when he says, if you don't win in regulation and you don't make that statement, whatever happens to you, you kind of deserve it, meaning if there's a lot of luck there, that's fine. But then as he was rationalizing why there can't be a longer overtime, he said, well, think of the disadvantage of the winning team if it's a long overtime the next week. 
then it's like, well, if I had to choose from a team suffering because they didn't close the deal in regulation, I'd rather have a team be tired but the right team win than avoid fatigue by making the results more random. Because you could just flip a coin. That sounds what he's. That sounds well, like what he's no, into. No, no, it's a spectrum, right? But on one hand, it'd be a coin flip. On the other hand, it's like play a whole other game. You know, like sixty more minutes. The question is, where is it that luck ends? And skill begins, and you want to get as f- close to that as possible. Under the, the skill, understanding the downside of longer having to extend too long, it feels like maybe each team having the ball it, it gets you there, right? Because it's hard to say Josh Allen doesn't see the field again, and and that's a hundred percent fair. When we saw a fourth quarter that just wowed you with quarterback play, and you it made you realize if you're a team that doesn't have that type of player at quarterback, you have to just hate life right now. Like if your if your favorite team doesn't have that dude, because it's it, when you watch those guys play, it's like how are you going to beat these guys? And then for one of those guys not to touch the ball. To decide the game mm-hmm. is just crazy to me. Okay, that's a great segue to our second point. So, first is the emotional human reaction. And we figured out AJ's bias for the Bills. Absolutely. Now, why we don't know. Probably you made some bet on him. I mean, you weren't a Bills fan two years ago. I've been you? a Bills fan my whole life. I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy cow. You grew up in Houston, Texas. Jim Kelly you played said, for the Houston you, Gamblers. Oh, that's a good point. And I had a, I had a Jim Kelly poster on my wall. I didn't like the Oilers because everybody but liked the Oilers. So, did you, so, so, how old were you when they lost the four Super Bowls? You would have been like 10 years old. Yep, right? 10, 11. That had to be a. That's why you are right, the way that's you the are. That's the way I am, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow, I didn't realize that. That's AJ Hunt. You're a guy whose team wins all the Super Bowls. <laughs> I'm, I'm the other guy. This could be a study like Ken Burns would do on that. I tell you this, I do think. Think psychologically, if you're like a Browns fan or and maybe a Bengals fan historically, we'll see. It's tough. It's tough. All right, we're straight out of Vegas. Now, what a lot of people are getting to is the level two, and, and I think it's a very interesting, you said it, is if you don't have a freak of nature on offense, quarterback, can you compete at the highest level? You can win games. You can even make the playoffs. But if you had, and let's say, Mac Jones on one side – and either of these other quarterbacks on the other, what's the scenario that Mac Jones wins? Now, it's too easy to say there is none. So, let me say this. Where would Brady fit on that spectrum? Current day Brady? No, Brady and his... Well, listen, the case could be made that he played as well this year as any year of yeah. his career. Now, obviously, he lost. he's lost a little physically. He's gained some mentally. He's still at that point. You know, with CEOs, they say the, the 50s and the early 60s are the best time for CEOs because they've got enough experience, but they still have their synapses firing. You hit 65, 68, 70. No, listen, everyone's different. And I, you know, but in general, you slow down just a little bit, and then the experience you gain is worth less than the mental side you lose. I think with Brady, he's pushed that curve out further than anyone. I would make the case, I mean, hey, a lot of people think he should be, he should be the MVP this year. I tend to think he should be. Now, remember, the MVP doesn't count the postseason. Right. Where's Brady fit on this? I think Brady's. He's. I mean, he's the greatest all-time quarterback. So okay, to so, say, but is the game passing him die buys? If he if he was um, thirty-five and he, the next ten years was going to be the prior ten, let's say he played as well, would he be the best quarterback? Would he be among the best quarterbacks? I say yes. I say yes as well. Then then is it about those physical skills or is it about you've got? It's not about running because here's the thing: a lot of people are going to say today the leading rusher for the. 
uh, Kansas City was Mahomes. Leading rusher for the Bills, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. That is different. Tom Brady's never going to be the lead, or r- rarely going to be the leading rusher, and if so, he's going to have seven yards, and they lost probably. But he doesn't run. He doesn't have a cannon. And he's playing just as well at 44 as these two. In fact, I would make the case he had a better regular season than either of these guys. In fact, I think objectively it's hard to say otherwise. I agree. So what does it mean to our conclusion? Is it you have to have a freak of nature or you have to have a super elite quarterback? And they're usually freaks of natures, but not always. I, when I said to have that freak of nature, I was leaning more towards having a, a super elite quarterback. And, and they I'm can sure. come in different shapes uh-huh. and sizes. But I think So if, Dan Fouts. <laughs> no, because he, he's right. a different shape and size. Certainly. Exactly, but I think when you look at a guy like like Joe Burrow, who is obviously very good now, uh-huh. and you look at a guy like Josh Allen, and they're similar ages, it's a lot easier to see the upside with a guy like Josh Allen. But couldn't you have said that with about a dozen quarterbacks against Brady? That's what I'm saying. Yes. So th- there are going to be exceptions to the rule. Brady is certainly an exception to the rule. He's the greatest ever, and he's got. But the freaks of nature are exceptions to the rule too. Of course, so it's just the one exception we can see with our eyes. Yes. The other exception is a little more ethereal. It's a little more in the mist. The other one, we won't believe it until they show us. Okay. You know, Drew Brees. Well, maybe we believe it too early with the freaks of nature because you're disappointed by them more than you're not. That is fair, too. But there's a reason why Tom Brady goes in round six because nobody believes it until they've seen it. Mm. There's a reason why Drew Brees, you know, at his size, isn't a high draft pick. And they say, okay, we want to we see this before we buy into it. And then there's a maybe reason. Maybe we should want to see it from the freaks of nature, too, because there's Jamarcus Russell, Jeff George, Trevor go, Lawrence, uh, 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 Jay Cutler. I mean, we'll see about you. Let's not, you know, bury him yet. But let's just say this: for, let's not bury him. Time, there's dirt all over your shoes. You've been burying him. <laughs> Listen, I've got the whole dug. I've got the whole dug. All right, but it's, but that's it, right? It's not, you know. Yeah, it's six feet, but, but but it's yet. It's just waiting. It's waiting it's again. A- Kids, this is metaphorical. No one's dying. No one's dying. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. But that is different. It's not just that you can run, because that's what everyone said. You got to have a mobile quarterback. It is noteworthy that in these high leverage playoff games, quarterback mobility means a lot. It does. And you got to compensate for that. You got to be good without that. You know, really good. Now, obviously, Mac Jones on the lower end right now is a question. Can he become that great that he can play in a game like this and compete? Now, Burrow, which we're going to get to here soon, I think unequivocally he has that. And I think he has qualities, quite frankly, better than Tom Brady and I know that's hard to say. Physical qualities, you mean, or, no. or intangible qualities? Well, see, when you say intangible, it almost feels like, again, it's ethereal. Like, but I'm say, well, I'll just say it quickly, and we'll get to it, is the idea that he took all those sacks, and he's not screaming at his linemen. He's, he's, he is Joe Cool. And you know they made a good point on Get Up today. They said, how often do you see nine sacks without a turnover? Because what happens is you get strip sacked. What happens is you start throwing quicker. And it's like the the pressure affects the rest of the game, even when you don't get pressure on him that one play. And to me, it's like you're right. I mean, Brady. That's what they always say: get at his feet, you know, from the middle. He starts getting skits. Listen, he's the best. But if Burrow isn't doesn't have that problem, how do you get to this guy? Now the next question is: maybe he's too placid and accepting of the pressure, and that's why he got hurt last year, and that's why he's probably going to get hurt again. We hope he doesn't. But Brady doesn't get hurt except for the 
one time because he doesn't want any of that. He knows he can't play to his 44. Maybe Burrow plays 11 years, but he gets the hell beat out of him. Right? I mean, supposedly that's what happened to Andrew Luck, right? He took yeah. too many hits. You know, a lot of people, and I'm not saying I'm saying, a lot of people say he wasn't tough. <laughs> I mean, you you've said say that. that. No, I didn't. You know, you've, seen, you've, you've I, said. I said that. that you... I think people saying that aren't crazy. Okay. <laughs> right, there's a lot of people are saying it though. They don't want to say it on air. I tend to say it on air. Well, we are straight. On air. Listen, he's tougher than me. I can assure you of that, <laughs> but not mentally. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay. The third piece to the puzzle, and this will be the overarching show theme. This is one of those, like Pink Floyd, The Wall, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's a theme album. This is a theme show, and that theme is that with the obsession with offense and quarterbacks, the emphasis, if it's in the media, if it's the time these teams are taking, if it's the uh, during the week of prep, if it's the hiring logic of the owners, it's offense, offense, offense. And what we saw was in every game, including the Kansas City game, the coaching at the head coaching level, at the 360-degree level, fell short. That the team who fell short with that coaching lost the game. Now, the Vrabel one's interesting, and we'll do that one last, but let's look at this one. Everyone's been talking about, we'll say it succinctly, with 13 seconds left, the fact that they let Kansas City have that ball without running any time on the kick, re- kick return was malpractice. I don't say that often. If you actually saw um, McDermott after the game, it looked like he was defraying responsibility without doing so. He'll say, well, uh, I think you're right on that question. And then he said, um, but it wasn't executed, which implies what? I don't know if it's the, if it was the head coaching. Oh, I'm sorry. If it was the special teams coordinator that didn't get the word to the kicker or if the kicker got the word but didn't do it. I don't know. They better. I hope the Bills media finds out. But it was a huge mistake because just imagine you can squib it. You can uh, mortar kick it, as they say. Now, a lot of people say if you kick it really high, they might call a fair catch. Squib kick, but whatever you do there, you got to make them take three or four, a minimum three or four seconds returning it. So now 13 becomes nine, and they probably don't have the ball much better than the 25 at that point. Okay, that's huge. And everything that happened after that only happened because they had the play. Because here's the amazing thing about that last drive, AJ Mahomes didn't really make a hard throw. No. So, in a weird way, uh, um, Mac Jones can do that drive just the same as Mahomes. He could have. So, it wasn't this monster arm. It was, it was they had the ability to have these super well-schemed plays. They were amazingly well-schemed. A very fast receiver on the first one. And it was almost like if you would have said, this is what we're going to do from here, it'd be like, we're probably 70% to get a field goal. Right, meaning it looked easy. Yeah. So once Tyreek Hill broke that tackle coming across the middle and actually got some yardage out of that play, all it was was I'm going to throw a seam route up the middle. Travis Kelsey's going to split the two guys yeah. that are covering him and he, and catch the ball, and you're there. So once that with once the first play is made, how is it that you get a field goal without any extraordinary play being made? And, and 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 the execution was extraordinary, right? Let's not diminish that, but it wasn't superhuman. Well, the play after the catch from Tyreek Hill was. I don't know. I think you're th- mixing up two plays because the one that he and maybe not, but the one he got the touchdown. Not the, t- on, the touchdown okay. was obviously I mean, phenomenal. This one, they threw him the screen, and he pretty much ran ran up that 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 burrow. And then, I mean, and then cut up field. 
No, I'm saying he was he caught it and went upfield right away, and it looked like he ran almost a straight line. And you're saying he went way right? I'm saying he caught the ball across the middle, missed a tackle, and got an extra 10 yards so that he, he shouldn't have gotten. So he made one person miss. Yeah. Okay. No, what I'm saying is that's what a good receiver yeah. does most of the time. Uh, you know, what I'm saying is that one play looked like he, that Hill was on a different, like he's a different human being. The, the touchdown, which, he, which yeah. he is. This wasn't that. No. But he was a great receiver that sure. made a, a good play. Okay. How do you get to the position in 13 seconds where you can make two good plays but not great and kick a field goal? Well, whatever that possibility is, imagine four less seconds. It doesn't happen. Now the joke is Dallas had one last one more second and ran a quarterback draw. <laughs> but it does show you why Andy Reid, who let's be candid, has a look about him like, you know, he might skip a few lunch or he might skip uh, a few practices to eat a second lunch. But you know what? They say by all accounts, and John Middlecoff, who worked for him, said the hardest working man he's ever been around. And the professionalism. The professionalism of that team, where they never looked nervous, they never they looked like they knew what they were going to do. You got to give Andy Reid so much credit there. And let's be candid: it's a situation that the Bills didn't have. It wasn't what the Bills had at that point. I think the emotion. There was so much emotion. They're hugging each other on the sidelines when they should be getting special teams ready. And, and, and you could see when Josh Allen had, I mean, he didn't have to go back on the field eventually, but he looked shell-shocked. And it's like, how does anyone but McDermott not, I think only McDermott can get the blame there. Don't you agree? I do agree. And I think there, there's a time when you, it, it, it's like a boxer hitting someone, Mike Tyson hitting someone, and they just keep getting up. At some point you think, I've, I've knocked this guy out three times. How is he still getting up? What would Belichick have done there? And would he be celebrating? He certainly wouldn't have been celebrating. That's why he's got six. He'd fire anybody who let them or dump eight. the Gatorade on him or whatever. Yeah. So to close the first long extended segment here is, I think McDermott's a good coach, but is he a good head coach? That's the difference. And I'm not sure there's even 10 head coaches in the league, so someone's got to do it. But when you have one, Man, you got something. And we're going to show in each game how the coaching really, really mattered. All right, when we come back, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go next just because we want McKenzie to be happy. San Fran, Green Bay, and once again, coaching. I know the guy won 13 games three straight times, coaching LaFleur. All that and more coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone. Your battery solution in America's number one battery destination. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and I have I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to continue looking into all the great games, the NFL playoff divisional weekend. So, AJ, when I was talking about Andy Reid and the way that biased people will look at him and think he's lazy, don't you see that I'm rallying against, railing against that kind of, you know, quick judgment without really knowing the guy just because he's a little heavy set? Yeah, I think some people misunderstand that I was, no. Although you're quite the opposite. You dislike Justin Herbert because he's handsome. 
No. <laughs> I dislike the people that like him because he's ah, handsome. Okay. Unless you're gay okay. or a girl or woman. Because then it makes sense. And if you're gay, it makes sense, right? If you're a gay guy, you're going to say he's good looking. But you who has two kids and, and say that he's not gay, you think he's really attractive. And it seems to come up in your, your talk about herbs, as you call them, a lot. I just think there's a long history of good looking guys being Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. So it's a good baseline. Now, is that a chicken or the egg? Do they become good looking because they won the Super Bowl? No, Steve Young, good looking before he won the Super Bowl. Gotta, which, you, which, by the way, that should make Cousin Kyle and McKenzie feel really good about their chances. You got a lot of thoughts on how attractive <laughs> men are. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's wrong, and I'm more talking about the heavy saga. I don't know what that's all about. That's a bang bang. Well, that's where we go have a whole meal at one place, and then go right to another place and have another one. Bang bang. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you, and we appreciate it. We're going to keep working extra hard to reciprocate that support. Keep spreading the word. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 65 degrees and Neon is pumping. All right, RJ, are we going to continue on this Bills-Chiefs game, or do we want to get to the other ones? We could go all day on Buffalo, Kansas City. But no, I think we covered it. Just to recap, though, is obviously a game for the ages. Obviously, you need a super talent, a quarterback, but it doesn't have to be a super toolsy talent. That, I think, is the mistake some people are making. And finally, and this continues our overarching theme of the show, offense is key. You've got to have it. But a lot of teams have it come playoff time. Then you've got to have the rest. And McDermott fell short by allowing them to have 13 full seconds. Even though that doesn't feel like a ton, man, oh, man, it could have been less. And then the Bills, it's a whole different narrative. Let's go now to 49ers and Packers. The game with the least offense this weekend, the San Francisco 49ers go into Lambeau and get a win 13-10 as six-point underdogs. I mean, how... Hmm. How, I don't want to say putrid, how inept, impotent, impotent, however you say it, was the 49ers offense and to still win that game. That is, I mean, the fact that they couldn't get a touchdown until they blocked a punt. I mean, it was, I mean, and the Packers aren't a great defense. We, that's what we talked about going in. This was a, a weak defense against the run. The Packers defense played phenomenal. Now, we like to have people learn as time passes. I had the under in this game, you had the over. How do you feel about the cold? Do you see where the cold affects things? Yes. It, I mean, I think it's right around like 8 degrees. I think at 11, it's fine. It sounds crazy. But once it gets to a certain coldness, I think it slows. I, I don't know what it is, but it ain't good for offense. I think I was just had recency bias because the week before Josh Allen, everyone was like, oh, zero degrees. And Josh Allen looked like he was playing at the beach. And that's what I told you is, one, I could have lost that game just as easy. Well, not quite just as easy, but I could have lost that game. But the key is, what? let's not, let's not get too caught up in the moment because we all know that is what Barney at the bar does and we ge we generally want to do the opposite of Barney we don't have problem with Barney that's what, how I make a living in a way with Barney <laughs> but we got to appreciate that he doesn't have all the answers but the 49ers offense wasn't the only bad one on the field the Packers just as bad and the Packers with the, the favorite to win the MVP playing quarterback all right so let's talk about LaFleur he is the perfect example of a great offensive mind he may be a top five offensive mind on earth I think it's possible he's right up there 
13 wins, 13 wins, 13 wins. But come playoff time, you're playing different levels of competition. You're playing with different pressure. And oftentimes the games come down to the smallest detail. And in this case, special teams. So, Mackenzie, we did a little study here. We said, let's look at the teams that are uh, historically known to be great special teams teams, and then let's look at the, uh, uh, Green Bay. Let's see how they compare. So, let's look at a three-year average, because LaFleur was there for three years, and uh, Mackenzie did some good work here. We got six teams we looked at. Green Bay, San Fran, Rams, New England, who's known to be great at this, Kansas City, known to be great, and Baltimore. Okay, what is the average by football outsiders? Okay, so the best of them, Baltimore, average being fourth. They were first, second, and ninth. All right, and the numbers I'm giving you the most recent year is first. Okay, Kansas City is second at 7.3. So, seventh ranked team in the league, three 17th and two. Now, you might say, how were they 17th? That's what happens with special teams. They, they're supposed to be purely random from, for the most part. Over like three years or 10 years, most teams are going to be right around 16. All right, New England is 10th. All right? The Rams, 19th. The 49ers, 20th. Green Bay, 25th. This was Green Bay's last three years, most recent year first, 32, 25, 18. So last two years, they were 32 and 25. And you know what? Football, there's a certain justice to it. There really is. Because you lose the game because you're the worst special teams. I mean, that's what makes football so great. It is. And I think you're starting to see the value of special teams it, really in almost all of the when games. When didn't we see the value of special teams? Well, I think that the fact that three of these games, you could say, were absolutely decided by special teams' decisions or plays – it, it goes to show the importance. You know, if the Bengals don't draft a kicker, which everybody gave them grief for, they're not kicking a 50-something yard field goal. And that's the second one. We're going to let AJ give his third example of special teams being the key. First, though, be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. So when it comes to the overarching theme of head coaches that have control of every aspect of the game, not, not you can't control the game, but you can your team. And what I tend to think of the head coach is the boss of bosses, meaning the coordinators are the bosses, and then you have the boss of bosses. And the boss of bosses is supposed to have the answer. So what was the third example of special teams being key? Well, obviously, we had the first one with the pop-up kick possibility from Buffalo. I agree. And then the, uh, the San Francisco-Green Bay game full of special team gaps for Green Bay. But Cincinnati kicking a 50-something-yard field goal to win the game, 52-yard field oh, goal and, to and win the game. Four for four or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and eight for eight in the playoffs so far. And they took a lot of grief for a team that had a lot of holes to fill for drafting a kicker in the fifth round this offseason. Looks like those complaints. Complaints are now being silenced. And you know, listen, I hate the, uh, the uh, what would we call it? The, mm, the Twitterade, you might call it. But, but, but the people who think they're smarter than everyone else, I mean, listen, I think I'm smart. I don't think I'm smarter than everyone else. And if I do, I'm going to try to bet with the people, whatever it is, play a poker game or whatever. But the people that don't want to risk anything and they think they're smarter than everyone, because they must be, because why else would they be in their mom's basement? I mean, because you know, that or they're so righteous, you know, they fight the good fight. Eh, I'm not a fan of that. But I will say drafting kickers, it does seem like long term, it doesn't help you get a good kicker. 
It feels like the pressure that comes from being a drafted kicker maybe is counterproductive. What do you think? I think, well, I think you're probably right. I, I, then there's been times when kickers have been drafted in the first round, and I think it, it blows my mind. I mean, whoa, 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 wait. Though, I mean, the uh, Raiders kicker, right? Janikowski. Yeah, and then I think Ray Guy was first round. But in both those cases, I would say it probably worked out for those teams. Listen, when I grew up, if punting wasn't called punting, it was called Ray Guy. <laughs> I mean, he was that dominant. All right, when we come back, this will be our final break. We're going to talk about, to me, probably the most overrated coach in the NFL had a horrible day. Now, a lot of people are going to say, who is that? And then you would say, no, RJ, don't tell them. Tease them. No, I'm going to tell you. It's Bruce Arians, and I'm going to blast him. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at that Bengals-Titans game. The Cincinnati Bengals go on the road, knock off the one-seed Titans 19-16. to Okay, so we're starting with which game? The Bengals and the Titans. All right, Joe Burrow. This is a guy that I didn't see it clearly, right? Is in Mike Sando's athletic rankings before the season, he was 14th. AJ, you spent about an hour saying, 14th? How could he be 14th? Meaning you thought he should have been like 20th. He played half a season. Why are we giving him so much credit? And and I wasn't quite as extreme as usual as you, but I didn't think he had proven much either. But then I heard... Um, oh, I'm having a mental block on the dude. He's one of the college football writers. He writes a lot of longer books, too. And he was talking about how he's the fastest processor he's ever seen. He was, he, and he's gone to a lot of these camps. And it was like, it was just like he was rhapsodizing on Burrow in a way that kind of got me saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this guy, you know, a little closer. And he did not disappoint this year. And listen, he's obviously talented. You know what? So are about 10 other guys. But... The fact that he's taking all these sacks and he's not lashing out, because let's be candid. If it was the New England organization and you're taking a lot of sacks, it's kind of hard to say, like, you know, they don't do it right up here at the Patriots. But in Cincinnati, anything that goes wrong, a typical guy is going to have a default, like blame the cheapness, blame the organization that never wins. And this guy is changing the organization, it seems, or at least it seems like he is. He isn't, I'm sure, meaning the money still isn't being spent. They have less scouts. There's all kind of stuff that they don't do. Uh, they do on the cheap, the Bengals. But doesn't this make the Stafford compl- uh, complaints about Detroit for BS? Meaning, if Burrow can come in here in year two, take this team to this place. Why couldn't Stafford do that with the Lions? Or why can't any quarterback on a bad team that wants to be considered the best of the best? If you want to say, hey, I'm the 10th best quarterback, fine. We'll all agree with it. But anyone that wants to say that redemption for Stafford because he finally had a team and he won a division-round playoff game that he almost, they almost gave away, I don't get it. I mean, I, there's a lot. Look at the guys that's made conference championship games. There's a certain Jet that uh, Sanchez. Let's be honest, not a great quarterback, no. right? I mean, you think about it, but is, was his career redeemed for that? No. 
Okay, so let's win a Super Bowl, then we'll talk about redemption. But what do you think about the, the premise that if Burrow can do what he's doing, does not mean all the excuses about bad organizations get, have to be tossed out the window? I think it has to, to an extent, certainly. Or, or it makes Joe Burrow just a really special player. But I think he is. But isn't that the debate, that a Stafford is a special player if only he had the chance? Yeah, and that's I guess the question if Stafford's a special player will be answered this season. But Joe Burrow certainly the fact that Joe Burrow was sacked 62 times this year and still had the season he had is mind blowing. Because I was in Houston when David Carr got sacked 68 times or whatever it was his rookie season, and basically his career just went off the cliff. He couldn't handle it. And the fact that Joe Burrow, he, he I guess the best word to describe him is a dog. He just keeps getting back up. He goes back to the huddle. He's his demeanor doesn't change. His shoulders don't drop. I know. And it's something that us, even the top-tier quarterbacks in this league, forget about Matt Stafford with the Lions, the top guys, if they get sacked nine times in a game, there's frustration and, and just a, a question of what do we do. Joe Burrow doesn't have it. Luckily, Urban Meyer knew enough to run him out of Columbus. We didn't <laughs> want him there. We didn't want him there. We're straight out of Vegas. Here comes the early lines. Mackenzie, I'm going to give you a second on this. We're going to quickly ask you, is it felt like to me Vrabel to continue the conversation uh, was a little bit too aggressive and maybe was all worried about, I'm going to go for a lot of fourth downs. You did some analysis on that. Really, though, quickly, the Chiefs minus seven against the Bengals. It's a touchdown. And the Rams are three and a half. It's a little less juice, so it's between three and three and a half with the 49ers. So, Mackenzie, quickly, did we? does it look like Vrabel went a little out of character for him? Yes, he lost five points due to aggressive decisions, missed a fourth down, and then missed that two-point conversion as well. All right, so by EPA, it said if he had made the other, he lost, oh, is this compared to the alternative or just what the net result was? The net result. Okay. So tomorrow we'll look at the alternative. What do you think? Yes. Because obviously when you succeed, you're going to do well on those. When you don't, you don't. We don't know if the decisions were too aggressive. We know the decisions led to plays that led to minus points. Here's the thing with Arians, and I told you guys this a couple weeks ago. I don't know ex- exactly what happened with, with A.B., and I know a, uh, Brown has a lot of problems on his own, no doubt. But the thing I said a year ago, two years ago, was if you look at Arian's career, he hardly ever got a promotion within the same organization, going back to like the 70s. And it's like the Steelers went from wide receiver coach to OC with him, but then he got fired. And it's like that is so rare that a guy wears out his welcome so quickly. And after this game, what did he do? He's complaining about someone didn't blitz. Well, why weren't you there making sure they were blitzing? All right? All right. We'll, keep, we'll continue this. All right. If you missed any of today's show, including head coaches matter, and there's not many good head coaches even in the playoffs at this point. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. I'm going to give AJ about four minutes to talk about overtime rules. That's it. Four minutes. And I think we got a lot of quarterback discussion coming up this week as well. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!